right, and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Hey guys, I'm the Kentucky Guy here, your host for today. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we do uh, we do a show here every Monday and Friday. Also, if you get a chance, check out our other podcast that I host. It is the Red Pill Current News Podcast, and we do drop episodes there every Wednesday and Saturday. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So this uh, this podcast here is all about everything that has to do with wrestling, wrestling promotions, different wrestlers, rumor mills, and different things of that. If you've not been with us before, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the uh, current device or app that you're listening to us on, uh, whether it be uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, any of them. If you get a chance, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. This way you'll get a notice every time that we do drop an episode. Because once in a while we do run a little bit behind and we may do it a day later. So, uh, you know, life happens. So, But, yeah, we definitely appreciate that if you like what you hear. Uh, today, <clears throat> today we're going to talk about the double or nothing pay-per-view that just happened yesterday. And, boy, oh, boy, it was an AEW uh, pay-per-view in I don't know about you guys, but I really, really enjoy uh, their pay-per-views because they don't do as many, like they don't do one every month uh, like uh, WWE does. And uh, don't get me wrong, I, I love WWE pay-per-views, right? Uh, they're uh, a heck of a lot uh, more affordable and uh, easy to come to because uh, if you're a member on uh, Peacock, uh, that's all you need. So, <clears throat> But, uh, yeah, I just... the. The only and I'll get into the gripes, <laughs> my gripes with the pay uh, pay per view as we go on. Uh, but let's go ahead and we'll jump into that. By the way, I hope everybody is having a beautiful Monday. Uh, the weather here is very very nice, very humid and hot here in Eastern Kentucky. But I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend and uh, let's go ahead and get things started off. All right. So also, as I go through the results here from Double or Nothing, I made a predictions right. Uh, there are a couple matches that they did add uh, since uh, Friday's episode that I did not get to do predictions on. Um, basically, uh, because Rampage hadn't they hadn't they hadn't had to show <laughs> Rampage uh, just yet, which uh, had to finish qualifying for the Owen Hart tournament, and then there was a uh, six man. Uh, tag team uh, mixed tag team match that was added on rampage as well uh, so I did not make predictions for those matches but I do have the results okay all right so uh, first thing is first match was uh, uh, Dan housing and hook uh, the first time that they ever tagged together and they were up against uh, Mark Sterling and Tony Nice uh, and that was a very very uh, you know that was just a uh, a match to to put over Hook and Dan Housing, right? Uh, the other two guys, they're just jobbers. <clears throat> Let's be honest about it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so um, uh, Dan Housing and Hook, they won that match easily. Um, I did choose that they would win, uh, and I, I said it would be the start of their tag team journey together. And, uh, yeah, and I, I think I was correct on that. So, uh, yeah, there's one for me. One out of one so far. Yeah. All right, and uh, the second match, <laughs> the second match was uh, 
uh, Warlow against uh, MJF. So let's talk about this for just a second. Everybody was wondering if MJF was going to show up or not. Yeah, because he actually uh, he blew off the um, the fanfare for Double or Nothing. Yeah, he blew it off the fan fest they call it, and uh, he he didn't show up. So therefore, when he made his entrance, there were people uh, cussing him and and saying all kinds of you know derogatory things to him. Oh, he did show up and. And wah wah wah. So, uh, so yeah. So there's a lot of questions. Uh, I've got a bunch of myself uh, surrounding MJF and what what's going on. There's a lot of stuff going on backstage that we just don't know. We don't have the answers to, and nobody's really talking. Uh, after after the pay per view, uh, as you all know, uh, Tony Khan usually does a uh, post show, like most most companies do. Uh, Actually, WWE doesn't do it, but I think New Japan is the one that started that. I really like it. Uh, it's, it's with the interviews, uh, mainly with uh, the winners. WWE kind of does it now, you know, the Raw talk, SmackDown talk. And, yeah, okay, I can't say they don't do it any, now, but uh, they didn't. They followed suit. So, anyways, uh, Tony Khan was asked the question, what's going on uh, with uh, MJF? And, uh yeah, um, he wouldn't talk about it. He did. He would not make one single comment about it. Um, and also, MJF left right after the match. He left early from the pay-per-view. So during the match, uh, Warlow was your winner. Uh huh. Yeah. And he uh, just like also I got that one correct. And also. If you guys if you guys heard the uh, the episode last Friday, I said I wasn't really I was more convinced that Warlow I was afraid he was going to kill him, you know, because uh, MJF had put him through so much uh, before that match just to be able to have that match. And I, I tell you, I hit that spot on too because he power bombed MJF ten times, ten times. He beat him so bad that he didn't even get down to cover him. He just put his foot, one foot on him. One foot for the pinfall. Ten power bombs. And Warlow's a big guy anyways. And uh, I, I just, I, it was, uh, it was, it was all Warlow. I mean, he beat him to death. Uh, and MJF, you could tell he didn't really try either. I mean, he really led a lot of people down uh, this pay-per-view. Okay, yes, you're having disagreements with Kratov. You're having disagreements with your boss, okay? Um, but your fans, whether you stay in AD, AEW or go somewhere else, your fans are going to go with you where you go. And if you lose those fans and treat them like dirt, they're not going to be your fans anymore. So I, I really was disappointed. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm still going to watch them. I, I mean, I like them. I, uh, you know, I've been around. <clears throat> I've, I've watched wrestling long enough to where uh, – uh, I've seen this happen before. I just, uh, and I know that he's still young, uh, and he's still young in the business as well. Uh, but man, he, he's got to grow up. He, he's got to, or he's going to ruin what is such a, I mean, he is a world champion in the making and he is going to ruin all of his opportunities, uh, just over, uh, stupid disagreements. 
All right, so that's two for two for me on our prediction. Uh, the next match was the Young Bucks uh, versus the Hardy Boys, uh, Jeff and Matt Hardy. Um, and as I predicted, uh, it was the Hardy Boys' turn to win. <laughs> so they did. Uh, they defeated. Uh, uh, they defeated the uh, Young Bucks. Now I will tell you there is growing concern um, about Jeff Hardy. He he hasn't looked right uh, since on a a, a couple uh, rampages ago. Uh, he did a uh, Swan Tom to the outside, and uh, there was rumor that he hurt his back. And I'm telling you, he moved slow there at the beginning like probably 10, 20 minutes into the match, somewhere that um, really Matt Hardy was in a handicap match. He really was. Uh, <clears throat> he he had to do everything. Jeff just didn't look, he just doesn't look right. I think he needs to take some time off, and he needs to heal. He really does. Yeah, I'm very worried about Jeff. Um, <clears throat> you know, I know that... Uh, they keep talking about his, you know, he's on the other side of his career and, and so forth, but he's still got a few years left, and uh, he's still an amazing talent, but he's going to have to learn that he is not 18 years anymore, 18 years old anymore, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, score another one for me. So that's three predictions and three outcomes. And we have the... Uh, the next match was for the TBS title, female title, uh, and that was Anna Jay versus the champion Jade. Um, and this match here was very interesting uh, because we, they actually had two AEW debu debuts in the same match, which was pretty exciting and uh, definitely didn't see it coming at all. Um, uh, first of all, Jade won and kept the title, which, thank you, thank you, thank you. That makes me uh, four or four on our prediction, and um, but here here's the exciting part, right? So uh, the former manager of the Diamond Mines on NXT, you guys remember him? He was just released when they released those uh, the last few uh, uh, superstars from the WWE. Uh, he is now. He made his debut. He came out and helped Jade. Uh, Stone Play. Stone Play. And it does not say what his previous name was. Okay, but he was the manager. I'm sure you guys know him. He was the manager of the Diamond Mines. Very, very, I mean, I don't think, uh, he's, he's a manager's type. He was actually in a suit. So he's probably going to be Jade's new manager or something. But uh, <clears throat> he, uh. He didn't talk, but he's a heck of a guy. He's got a heck of a, uh, a, a mic skill. I mean, he really is. He's, he's very, very good at what he does. I was very surprised when uh, they let him go. Uh, so he comes down and uh, actually causes the distraction for uh, Jade to win, retain her title. Um, and then Jade and the baddies, uh, which is her little clique, right, uh, are in the ring, and they're getting ready to... Uh, to jump uh, Anna Jay, who was uh, Jade's opponent. And here comes some strange music on. And here walks out uh, uh, a Bam Ram Aletha is what they called her. Um, but you got you know her, and I know her as Amber Moon. 
from NXT and WWE. So, yeah, so Amber Moon uh, made her AEW um, debut there as well. So uh, I, I thought that was pretty exciting. I, I really, uh, that you know, I love AEW. I love how they're doing things. They, they've got a couple of tweaks that they can do um, that they're going to have to do with all this new talent coming in. But, uh, wow, I, I love, um, it's like uh, it's like wrestling back almost in the Attitude Era where uh, you would see, like, uh, WCW uh, superstars would, would show up on Raw out of the blue. And then, uh, uh, like, uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash showed up on WCW from WWE out of the blue. You see what I'm saying? It, it feels like that. It, it's starting to feel like that again. And I love the Monday Night Wars. You know, so, uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what those two do. And uh, glad to see that they're back to work because they're uh, both good talents. And uh, definitely, I knew they'd be picked up somewhere. So uh, then in the next match, uh, we had the House of Black uh, versus um, the Death Triangle, right? Um, so this match right here was just fantastic. I mean, it was it, it, it was great. It wasn't the best match of the night, but uh, I was looking forward to watching it, and it did not let me down at all. I mean, it was just a fantastic uh, match. Uh, the um, the House of Black actually won, uh, and that was my prediction as well. So I think, what, we're 5 of 5 now? Wow, that's pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, so how they won, let's talk about that. So <clears throat> basically... Uh, they have a new member. A new member. Yes, uh, the lights went out, and then the lights come on, and Julia Hart is standing there in the middle of the ring. You guys remember her? She was the little uh, cheerleader that was with the uh, Varsity Blondes. Yeah. And uh, she shows up, and she spits a mist out uh, into, uh, into Pac. Yeah, Pac was on the top row. She spit mist out into his eyes. He come down. Uh, they did the blackout, and bada-bing, bada-boom, House of Black is your winner. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, she has not turned against the Varsity Blondes, like, publicly yet. So I'm just wondering uh, how that's going to play out. That's, that's going to be very interesting to see. Okay. All right. So let's see. So we had the Owen Hart tournament. Here's a couple matches. I do not have a prediction on because the tournament didn't finalize till Friday and the pay-per-view is on Sunday and we didn't have a uh, uh, podcast between those days uh, on this show. So on the Owen Hart tournament, uh, for the men's, the finalists were Samoa Joe and uh, Adam Cole. And this was another uh, really, really good match. A really good match. Very physical. Um, you you know, I mean, it was just Kyle O'Reilly did come out there, and uh, he did do some of a distraction. Um, Adam Cole was your winner, and I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Adam Cole deserves he, – he deserves to be the winner of the first Owen Hart uh, uh, tournament there. I, I thought that – I really liked that. Um, and, he, you know, it, it was a good match, too. It was really a good match. And, you know, he did cause a distraction. I mean, that's what they do, right? I mean, when you're a heel, you've got to be 
you've got to do hillish things. So, yeah. And then for the female, the next match was for the female for the uh, uh, Owen Hart uh, tournament to decide the winner of it. And your contestants on that were uh, Dr. Britt Baker, and she was going against Ruby Soho. Uh, so that that match was that match was really good too. Um, I was really surprised. Uh, uh, Dr. Britt Baker was the winner on that, but I was really surprised how well Ruby. I've never been a fan of hers, even when she was Ruby Riot with WWE. I, I, I've never really been a fan of hers, but uh, she did really, really well. Um. Uh, in that match, and uh, I love the way they finished that match. Uh, Ruby Soho did a uh, a uh, victory row onto uh, Doctor Britt Baker, and then Baker reversed it, reversed it, and pinned her one, two, three. And, and the reason why I like that is because that's how Owen Hart. <laughs> if if you guys are wrestling fans and been around. That's how Owen Hart actually uh, pinned Bret Hart. Bret Hart did a uh, did a victory roll on him, and then uh, Owen Hart actually uh, reversed it and uh, end up winning the match. So yeah, so something strange at the end of that match. Uh, if you watch AEW and you follow uh, Bret Baker, uh, something very strange. She actually shook hands and helped Ruby Soho up. And they actually hugged. Um, and, I mean, that's cool. I mean, I like to see, you know, good competitive competitiveship. Um, but that is very out of character for Britt Baker. I mean, very out of character. So I, I, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see what happens there, you know. Um, but, uh, and, you know, it could have been emotions, too, because, you know, winning, winning that tournament. You know, Britt Baker, she was uh, – she needs to be the AEW female champion again, in my opinion. So, uh, so yeah. So, if you don't know, Adam Cole and Britt Baker are actually uh, boyfriend and girlfriend. They've been seeing each other for for a long before Adam ever came to AEW for for a long time. Uh, so, I call them the new power couple because they both won the tournament. <laughs> I call them the new power couple of AEW. Um, and the cool thing is, is uh, Dr. Hart, which is Owen Hart's uh, widow, it, it, she was his wife, um, she came out there and she did a presentation uh, and they got the Owen Hart tournament trophy, of course, right? But something else that I thought was very, very cool and very different is they both got a, Owen, uh, they both got a, uh, like a championship title belt. Yeah, I, th I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it, it just, uh, you know, and she told me, you know, these are yours until the next tournament. <laughs> so take them home, uh, you know, polish them up, but don't, you know, you don't get to keep them. So, so I think I think that's very very cool. I think that's very cool. So and you know, she had some good, you know, she she gave a wonderful speech. Uh, she's she's always been a very classy lady, especially with. Uh, Everything that happened happened to her husband and so forth. So, I, I I just I really thought that was uh that was cool. So yeah. So uh, it'll be uh I, I think that's a tournament that they're going to keep uh, keep going or at least it, it definitely sound from last night that they uh, 
that they plan on keep going, keep it going. So, anyways, the next match was a uh, six-man tag team match. Um, this also, or actually, this was a mixed tag team match, uh, and this was also this match was made Friday on Rampage. So therefore, I did not have a prediction for it. Uh, this match was with uh, Frankie Kazarian, uh, Sammy Guerrera, and his girlfriend. Uh, and they actually fought the men of the year, uh, the top ten, and uh, the female. Uh, I do not know her name. Sorry. <laughs> she wasn't in the match long enough anyway. So, But I, I, don't, I do not know her name. Um, so basically, there was a stipulation on this match. Uh, uh, if uh, if the men uh, men of the year uh, Scorpio Sky uh, would not if they won Scorpio Sky would not have to defend his title the TNT championship uh, against uh, Sammy or Frankie they, they could not challenge for it again if they lose right uh, and they did lose, by the way. Uh, you know, uh, they, di- they did lose, but I'm going to tell you why. <clears throat> they lost this match uh, because they could not get along. The first time Sammy tagged in Frankie, he, he did it like with a, uh, uh, a, ch- like a chop on his chest, like a Ric Flair, woo, you know, in the corner. Uh, that's how he tagged him in. And, I mean, they could not. They could not get along, and and that's why they cost each other. They cost themselves the match. I mean, it's is that simple. They they cost themselves the match. So, and then uh, the next match and that match wasn't that good either. Uh, the next match was great, by the way. Um, it was a uh, Kyle O'Reilly, and by the way, this this wasn't uh, announced. Uh, this was announced on Friday as well. This wasn't this wasn't planned before I got the card. They had so many matches on this pay per view. We'll get to that here in a second. But Kyle O'Reilly, uh, he actually fought against Darby Allen, right? Um, surprisingly, surprise it, it surprised the heck out of me. Um, Kyle O'Reilly was uh, he won. He was actually the winner. Uh, yeah, I mean that, that, that shocked me. So uh, I would have I would have thought Darby Allen would have won that by a landslide but i tell you what that was a great match uh that that match is uh it was right up there it was very very good match very good match uh then the next match uh was uh for the uh women's uh aew world title uh thunder rosa and she fought she defended her title against serena d uh in a Thunder Rosa was the uh, did keep her title. Uh, she did. I, I don't even know who Serena D really is. Um, it was a it was a decent match. Um, I, I'm not a fan of Thunder Rosa either. However, I did pick her to win uh, in my predictions, so that's six to six. Um, but uh, yeah, she just uh, that match was just I don't know. It's one of those matches where oh okay, let's get up and uh, make a sandwich real quick, you know. <laughs> you know, not really into, or at least I wasn't. And then the next match, uh, the next match stole the show. It was the best match of the evening. And what that was is that was a, a uh, that was uh, the arena match where uh, Chris, 
uh, yeah, Chris Jericho and the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society fought against uh, the Blackpool uh, Combat Club, which is Dean Ambrose and uh, Danielson Bryan. Uh, and they teamed with Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortez. Uh, and that match was great. You you seen you seen anything and everything in that match. This, this is the match. So you guys have heard me, if you've been on here the last couple episodes, I tell you how I miss uh, the big factions where they fall over fall all over the arenas and took this this was this was that type of match. I was so impressed. Uh, and it wasn't one of those matches that you know, usually when they lose control like that, it uh, you know, it, it's a 10, 15 minute match. No, this was an actual match. I mean, they fought all over the place right from the start. I mean, there was no handshaking, there was no standing around getting introduced. I mean, this it was on, and I mean, it was physical and it was great. It was great. Um, and uh, Chris Jericho and Jericho Society won. Just like I said, they would. Yeah, that's another one for me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, um, and and that match was just, uh, I I don't know. Poor old Danielson Bryan, um, Bryan Danielson. I I just, <laughs> I, I I just uh, something's not right there, man. They 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 just about Jake Hager just about. I thought he broke his leg with that ring. I mean, they the ring they took the ring apart. The ring ended up coming apart, and everything. It, I tell you what, they had to go away and do a couple of promo shots after the match. I think just to buy enough time to get everything cleaned up and the ring put back together. It, it was something. If you if you don't watch any other match from that pay per view, watch that one. If, if that's the only one you watch, I guarantee you'll be happy. Watch that one. And then the next match uh, was for the uh, AEW. Oh yeah, the AEW World Tag Team Champion match, and that was Keith Lee and Swerve, and they went up against Powerhouse Hobbs uh, and Ricky Starks, and they were uh, again, and they were against the uh, tag team champions, which was Jurassic Park, um, with uh, Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy, yeah, and Luchasaurus. So uh, this one here, uh, unfortunately, I was wrong. <laughs> I thought for sure that uh, the uh, Jurassic Park would lose those belts, and they need to. They need to lose those belts. Those guys are just—I don't know, man. I—they won. They won the match. They kept. They kept the belts. So I did not get that one. So that brought me to. Uh, Oh wait, we've got one more. Um, so yeah, so so yeah, so that's the first one I missed out on. But even I mean, forget my prediction. That there, it, it just it. I never did like them. I think that uh, Luchasaurus is holding Jungle Boy back. I think Jungle Boy first of all needs to change his name, and then he, uh, he needs to uh, start in his singles career and uh, get him a couple titles underneath his belt. I really do. Um, but for those of you that watched that match, or if you're getting ready to uh, maybe watch the uh, rerun of it or, or what have you, did you guys notice at the end of that match 
uh, Christian came in and he put Jungle Boy, and maybe this is just me, I don't know. I haven't heard anybody else mention it, but I'm going to bring it up anyways. At the end of the match, Christian put Jungle Boy on his shoulders, and uh, Luchasaurus, he, he kind of just stared at him, you know, uh, Jungle Boy on, on Christian's shoulders, like kind of like, uh, I don't know if he was mad or hurt or confused or, or what. You know, he's got that mask on, so you can't really see his facial expressions. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to uh, probably pay uh, closer attention to that and see what's what's up there. I, I definitely think that was odd. Absolutely. And then we had the main event of the evening for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. We had the Cowboy, Adam Page, uh, up against CM Punk. And CM Punk walks away with the belt. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> CM Punk is your new... AEW World Heavyweight Champion. And I tell you what, <clears throat> I am glad. That was my prediction, by the way. So my prediction was seven out of eight matches. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But, uh, yeah, so that championship match was, was good. Um, it wasn't great. I, and, and that's no fault to CM Punk, I don't think. Uh, it just... Uh, it was, it, you know, here's the thing. They had to follow the Jericho Arena match. <laughs> and that match is one of the best matches that uh, AEW has had. By the way, the first match I've seen where they had music play all through the match, first time I've seen it on AEW, I've seen it on other places. Uh, ECW is actually where Chris Jericho said he got the uh, idea from, which is true because they did that to uh, uh, New Jack. If you remember on ACW, for those older wrestling fans, uh, they played music all through his match every time, just about. So, But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. That was something new and different. And that's what I like so much about AEW. They're not afraid to take chances. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I watched the uh, interview afterwards with uh, Tony Khan and uh, Chris Jericho was with them. Uh, some things I found out about Chris that he was, like, Chris made the decision about playing the music all the way through. I did not know that Chris Jericho had that much influence uh, until I watched that interview, and he has a lot of influence influences uh, over different matches and and so forth, not just his matches. And um, man, I just uh, I really I think that's Tony Khan. I think he's really I mean he's he's already kind of a big deal, but I think he's really gonna he's gonna be around for a while, and I can't wait to see uh, what what happens when he starts really playing around with uh, Ring of Honor. He's not really done a whole, whole lot with that yet. He has and he hasn't, but he's got, you know, you, you figure this guy, uh, he buys Ring of Honor, and then boom, he's going to have the uh, the Forbidden Door uh, pay-per-view uh, right after that uh, with New Japan. I mean, he's, you know, he's pretty busy. Plus, he's got a, they've got an agreement with uh, TNA Impact Wrestling, uh, the wrestlers, which they've had that for a while, but uh, he's in constant communication with them. Uh, guy stays busy. Uh, he's doing a good job. So here are, here are, <laughs> and you know I would have them. Here are some things that um, I don't understand. Uh, actually, some things that need to change when it comes to AEW. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> I, I just, 
man, oh man. I mean, 14 matches, 13 matches. Uh, that pay-per-view is so long. And you know the other one is too, but here's the thing. People stay. You know, that was one of the questions he was, uh, Tony Khan was actually asked by the reporters uh, after the pay-per-view was, you know, are all your pay-per-views going to be this long, you know? And uh, even CM Punk made a uh, a joke about it and said, man, we've been here for 20 hours or something. Aren't you tired talking to one of the reporters? But anyways, uh, and he said, you know, well, he goes, yeah. He goes, it went after midnight or what have you, but people stayed. And they stayed at the last one, too, and got good feedback. So I don't know. Maybe that's going to be the new thing, uh, less pay-per-views, but. Well, Lord have mercy, that was <laughs> that was a long pay-per-view. That was a lot of matches, man. Uh, you figure I was seven out of eight, so I, I did eight matches that I did a prediction on, and there was uh, four other matches that I didn't get a chance to, uh, that, I, that I didn't know about, that I couldn't make a prediction on. That's crazy. That's crazy. So so basically, that's uh, that's my biggest beef. That's my biggest beef about the pay-per-view, right? My questions, here's my questions. Here's what I have. I have some questions because some things were missing from the pay-per-view, right? So first of all, let me say, all in all, it was fantastic. It was a great pay-per-view. Uh, I haven't really seen a really bad pay-per-view uh, from AEW yet, knock on wood, um, but that was, that, was a, that was awesome. It was great. Where was... Kenny Omega. What is going on there? Where is it? Where is this guy? There's no 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 promos with him, no no nothing. And he wasn't. I, I mean, I've got to now. I'm wondering uh, how hurt he is. is. Is he still that hurt? Is he has he went through rehab? I mean, what is going on? Also, uh, where's Cesaro? He's, he should be making his uh, debut by now. Where's he at? You know, I, I mean, <laughs> and and what in the world is going on with uh, Bray Wyatt? Now, I know, unlike Cesaro, um, I know that Bray Wyatt, it's never been officially announced that he signed with AEW, but where is he? What's he doing? He's not on the indie ticket. I've been searching. Ron Strowman, he's on the indie ticket right now. I've seen him. Uh, I've actually seen his first match since he left uh, WWE, which he just had like a month ago. Uh, but uh, Ray White, I mean, man, everybody wants to see The Fiend. And I do too, or some form of it. I mean, I tell you, that's, that's, that's going to go down as one of the worst mistakes Vince McMahon's ever done. The, the Fiend was going over. I was even into it. I, I was. I mean, I didn't like I mean, I could, I wasn't like, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I liked it when he was champion. I liked the uh, mysteriousness of it. Uh, it was great. Uh, him and the Randy Orton feud. You know, getting rid of uh, uh, Bray Wyatt is going to go down, I promise you, as one of the worst mistakes. Uh one of the worst mistakes that uh, Vince McMahon has done. It's just, it's just, I just, I, I just can't wrap my head around it. It's crazy. So as I mentioned, uh, 
something kind of funny. I, I thought it was funny. Uh, so, um, so after after the pay per view, they they do the interviews, right? Uh, with Tony with Tony Khan and usually the winners of each match. So Tony Khan actually roasted, I mean, and he laid it to Eric Bischoff. Uh, basically, um, there was a feud on Twitter between uh, Eric Bischoff calling out CM Punk uh, over making the company money or something like that. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know what Eric Bischoff, he has nothing to do with AEW. So I don't know why he's even commenting on it and why he's even uh, flapping his lips. I mean, buddy, you tried it at uh, WCW. You've had your uh, 15 minutes of uh, fame. And then you're, uh, yeah, now you're going to a company that's actually successful. Uh, you're you're going to try to tell them how to run it and uh, and throw your two cents in there. And I'll, I'll never understand that. Um, I, I just, but... Tony Khan let him, he, I would say Eric Bischoff is not going to hit up CM Punk anymore, <laughs> at least publicly, because uh, Eric Bischoff, re- I mean, Tony Khan really let Eric Bischoff have it, he really did. So yeah, so that's double, double or nothing, that, that was a great pay-per-view. Uh, we've got another pay-per-view coming up uh, this Sunday, and it's Hell in a Cell for WWE. Uh, cannot wait to watch that. Um, so, <clears throat> as you notice, uh, uh, the last couple of episodes, I've been talking about these uh, factions and uh, how how bad how so badly um, I'd like to see them come back, but really good ones, right? So I was sitting sitting there today after watching that pay per view, and uh, I was like, you know, I was like, I'm gonna make a list real quick of, and, and these are my opinion, my opinion only, um, of great fact uh, uh, factions that were part of uh, wrestling at one time, or you, some people call them stables, either one, uh, same thing, and then the ones that are really stunk <laughs> and separate them. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I did make a quick list. I'm going to go over them real quick. I don't, don't want to keep you on here that much longer. Um, but just, uh, you know, this this might be kind of fun because uh, give you uh, give you some idea on, on what I think, and, uh, and we'll probably have episodes uh I know we're definitely going to have episodes on the NWO um, and probably the Shield uh, talking about them, the uh, rise and fall of those uh, factions. But, uh, yeah, so right there's two of them, the Shield and the NWO. They're under my great category. Um, I think NWO actually, uh, they changed the game. Uh, I think because of the NV, in, uh, the NWO, you had the Shield. Also, you had another one on my great side is DX. I think they were formed because of the NWO, um, and, and there's so many things uh, that the NWO did right uh, that it, it outshines the bad, right? The bad is very simple. What the bad was, they got too big. Now, when I say the NWO was, uh, was great, I'm saying the NWO was great in the beginning, right? Not when they split up and had the wolf pack or whatever the heck that was. I mean, that's when it started going downhill for me anyway. But when they were in the, and I'm talking about NWO and WCW, not that WWE crap <laughs> that they tried to do uh, at a later date. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so the beginning of the uh, NWO I thought was great. Very, very good. 
um, Shield, like I mentioned, and uh, DX. Uh, another great one that a lot of people don't talk about. Some of you may not have ever heard of them. Uh, they're called Sanity. Uh, I do not understand what happened there. Uh, I think WWE made a mistake there and didn't give them enough of a chance. Uh, this group was with Eric Young. It had, it had about four or five people there. Actually, the only remaining uh, person on WWE uh, from that group is uh, Nikki Stash. You know, that want to be a want to be a hero, superhero, or whatever. You know, actually, on the other podcast or on the other episode the other day, I think I said want to be a superstar or something like that. But it wanted almost a, almost a hero or superhero or something. Anyways, um, believe it or not, she was <laughs> she's the only one left out of that group. Uh, and this group was amazing. They actually ruled NXT for a long time. If you ever get a chance and, and you have, like, the WWE Network or you're on Peacock and you're signed up for the WWE uh, thing on there, uh, if you can go back and watch some of those old matches on NXT, uh, I mean, these guys were awesome. So, And they were exactly... Uh, the type of uh, the type of faction that I like, they come in there and when they were there, they ruled the roots, man. I mean, they just they would shut everything down when they wanted to. Uh, another group, uh, the Wyatt family. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was great. Uh, the Wyatt family, they they were just uh, they were so believable uh, as being like brothers or or what have you. And uh, Ray Wyatt, I mean. Luke Harper, you know, rest in peace. Uh, he he was amazing. Uh, he made it to like Intercontinental uh, Champion on there, but he he, he should have been World Champion. Uh, you know, Eric uh, lost. It, it was just great. Braun Strowman. Uh, that's how he got brought into the picture. The Wyatt family was awesome as well. Uh, DX Degeneration X. Like I mentioned, I think they formed because of the NWO. That I mean, the old DX. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, China, Billy Gunn, Road Dogg, uh, Xbox. Come on. Come on. Nobody comes close. They were awesome. Uh, and then <laughs> uh, and then I've got to mention, you know, when you mention these guys, you've got to mention uh, the group that probably a lot of us didn't watch when they first started because they weren't on television. Uh, so I missed a lot of it, but I went back and rewatched uh, over the years. Uh, you know how amazing the internet is. So I went back and rewatched uh, the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club when it first when it first started with uh, Finn Balor and uh, right when they got Kenny Omega, uh, it, it was it was great, great. Now don't get me wrong, the Bullet Club now is not bad. It it, it really isn't with Jay White uh, being the leader. Um, but I loved it, man. They would come in there. Back then, they would come in and they would beat down, you know, ten guys on one. <laughs> it was just, it, I, I just, you know, uh, they're one of my favorites. And remember, this is just my opinion. You know, if you guys have a different list, you know, you know, be sure to send it on over to me. I'd be happy to look at it. Uh, and then the uh, the faction that pretty much started it all, and I could not leave them off the list under great, was the Four Horsemen. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about the original Four Horsemen. Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, right, uh, and uh, Barry Windham. Oh, man. Come on. 
come on. They were they were so far ahead of their time, and and it wasn't just Ric Flair either. Uh, Telly Blanchard. I mean, it, they were awesome. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. That's right. Telly Blanchard was the original Four Horsemen. Then Barry Window. Yeah, that's right. Telly Blanchard. So it was Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, and Telly Blanchard. That's right. Um, and then you've got uh, the Four Horsemen 2.0, which was great as well. Uh, they were called Evolution, and that's Triple H, Ric Flair, Randy Orton, and Batista. <laughs> Man, uh, they took out everybody. Uh, it was just fantastic. Um, and then some of the newer ones uh, that uh, I really, really, uh, really liked uh, was uh, Chris Jericho's Inner Circle. Um, I really hated to see those guys break up. I know he's got this new faction. And they'll probably, you know, they'll probably be uh, just as good. But I really, uh, that inner, I mean, they, you know, especially when they came together, uh, some of the stuff that these guys did were historical. So, I mean, uh, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, uh, Sammy Guerrera, uh, Ortiz, and, and Santana. I mean, that was, it was awesome. It was really great. And one of the, one of the groups that uh, they're actually in AEW now. They're not called this anymore, but they were awesome in NXT, and that was the Undisputed Era uh, with Adam Cole. Uh, that that group, Roderick Strong, and uh, you know it just uh, Kyle O'Reilly, it, it, Fish is it, amazing, amazing. Uh, and and, the, and they ruled NXT for a long time, and uh, a mistake that's gonna come back to haunt uh wwe one day is letting those guys go not 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 moving those guys up to the main roster and uh i don't know i i don't know what they're thinking i'm not a general manager never never claimed to be so maybe i'm wrong <laughs> but uh yeah i just i i don't understand that and then you've got some you've got a couple of older ones here um that uh that some of you may not have ever heard of, but I wanted to mention real quick because they were just just amazing, and they're they're kind of a, a faction that I'm I, that I've been talking about. Um, you've got the uh, the Triple Threat that were on ECW, uh, and this is the second Triple Threat. This is when Shane Douglas went to WCW for a very short time and come back and formed this one. Uh, that's this is the true. Triple Threat in my book, uh, Shane Douglas, Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, there was all kind. I mean, it was it was great, right? Uh, in competition with them, uh, you had the Dangerous Alliance. The Dangerous Alliance with uh, with Paul Heyman. Uh, <laughs> Paulie Dangerous is what he went by back then. With Paul Heyman as their leader. Um, wow. And, and, and that's one of those ones that got so big. They didn't get as big as the, I'm talking about as far as member member uh, member count. Uh, they didn't get as big as the NWO, but they got pretty far up there. And they had some amazing talent on there, people that you probably wouldn't believe. Stone Cold Steve Austin was there. Uh, Brian Pillman. I mean, the Dangerous Alliance was something else. And they, Sabu, I mean, and they would absolutely, like, they they did not care, you know, because it was hardcore uh, wrestling promotion, anyways, and they just 
I mean, they would tear the building down. It, it, it was just fantastic. And then uh, last but certainly not least, on the great side of the list, um, and I, I have to admit this, and, and it, they're, they're in my top three, was the corporation. With Vince McMahon at the helm, the corporation with The Rock and, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the corporate champ. And uh, uh, that was just, uh, you know, right, right smack in the middle of the Attitude Era. And Vince McMahon did not care who he cheated out of. You know, he was coming off that Montreal thing, and uh, he just, uh, man, it, was, <laughs> it, it they were just phenomenal. It made a lot of people mad back then, right, because they'd see their uh, favorite babyface wrestler uh, get cheated, because that, that's what they did, um, get cheated a lot. Uh, but <clears throat> the way it was done uh, was just, I mean, it was very tasteful. It was just, it was just awesome. It was just great. So uh, let's move over to the factions that, and the list is not as long, by the way, <laughs> on this side. Uh, let's move over to the factions that um, that stunk, that just, uh, that this weren't any good. Top of the list, League of Nations. Oh, my goodness. That was horrible. Seamus, Alberto Del Rio, uh, Wade Barrett, um, somebody else, uh, Alberto Dario, Sheamus, Wade Barrett. I think maybe Cesaro was in there. I don't know. Uh, it was it was bad. It didn't last long. It should it, it it shouldn't have last long. <laughs> I, I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, maybe it was just one of those things where they just wanted to throw it up against the wall and see what happens. I don't know. Um, and then you have the Lucha House Party. I. I when they came on, I, I turned the channel. Seriously. I, it was just, uh, uh, it was stupid. Very, very stupid. <laughs> uh, and then you have the, uh, oh, yeah, you have PCB. You guys remember that? How bad was that? Uh, Paige, uh, Paige, Charlotte, and Becky. Uh, I, I don't even, <laughs> you know, and, and I know at that time, was the start of the the woman's re, uh, revolution uh, on WWE, but uh, uh, I, I I just uh, I don't know where they were going with that at all uh, at all. And just like this other one, this next one, uh, Randy Orton uh, and the uh, the uh, the revival. <laughs> I mean, well, well, yeah, uh, I, I think that pretty much says enough, right, Randy Orton. In the revival, who are uh, FDR uh, now in AEW, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the uh, the next one, and the next one may shock you, because I said the corporation was uh, in my top three, uh, but this one here I did not like they, the the authority um, with the Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Uh, basically, what it was it was a ripoff of the corporation. Um, but nowhere near as good. Um, every every episode, uh, they took the time. They took away from the superstars, took all the time in the beginning, uh, and usually at the end, the closing of the show, too. And it, it was just it was too much about them, Stephanie and, and Triple H, and not enough about the, the superstars. 
See, Vince would get on there and when he had the corporation, and, yeah, he would talk. He's Vince, right? Uh, you know, he'd talk and he uh, downed everybody and what have you, but he would leave the spotlight, a part of the spotlight anyways, for his superstars on the team, the team members. So, yeah, so uh, I, I just didn't care much for them, and I knew it wasn't going to go over. Uh, another, <laughs> another, another faction. I, I don't even know why this is on the list at all. They're they're so forgettable. Uh, I, I I don't even know why I put them on here. I, I guess because it's I, it's a joke. They're they were a joke, and that's the uh, Spirit Squad. <laughs> yes, I know that uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler is still wrestling. He's about the only one I think, right? I mean, I don't know who else was on that, but that was just, that's just horrible. I mean, it's just. It's horrible. <laughs> and then this last one here, um, and I left them last for a reason because I know there's going to be a lot of you, a lot of you, not happy uh, with my with this statement, with this choice. But once again, this is just my opinion. There's no facts or rhymes or reasoning or anything like that. Just just my opinion. Um, <laughs> the new day. I cannot stand the new day. I've never liked them, uh, and I just don't think I ever will. I think they're overrated. I think, uh, you know, Kobe Kingston, um, he's, first of all, I don't think him or Big E should have ever been world champion. Um, but Kobe Kingston, uh, I think he would have made a good, like, maybe a, a United States champion. He had a decent, you know, uh, uh, singles career. Um, Xavier Woods doesn't even need to be on the roster. Uh, Big E, eh, you know, I mean, he's a jobber at, at the most. Uh, that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. <laughs> don't, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't shoot me. Yeah, uh, but I, I just, uh, I, I've never been a fan of theirs, and um, I just, uh, yeah. So there's my list. Okay, all right. <laughs> so we do. Uh, that is about all the time we do have today, guys, uh, for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I really like doing those lists, and uh, we may do more of those as well. Um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the last podcast, um, we did that one a little bit different as well. Uh, sort of uh, went over a little bit of the news updates, and then I got into uh, Hulk Hogan, his history. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, I think the next one I do, I'll probably talk more about the NWO. Uh, a lot of people seem to like them, and uh, I was a fan of theirs as well. But like I said, that is all the time that we do have for today. Thank you guys so much for joining in. And uh, you've been listening to Against the Mat, a wrestling podcast. I am the Kentucky Guy. You guys have a wonderful day, okay? Thank you guys so, so much. Thank you. <laughs>